to the podcast for North Decatur Presbyterian Church. We are a PCUSA congregation located in Decatur, Georgia. You can find out more about the church, our service to the community, and our great education programs for children like me and youth and adults at ndpc.org. You can also follow us on Facebook. If you're in the Atlanta area, we hope you'll come join us in person. Okay, that's it. On to this week's scripture and sermon. Sometimes you and I read the stories from the scriptures and they seem like they're stories from a million miles away. And then other times we read the stories and really listen to them and know that they are about human beings and their encounters with the divine presence. And we can see through the fog of cultural difference, and we can see far enough through to find ourselves in these stories. This fall, our readings in our worship together will follow God's people as they struggle to find their way in the wilderness. As we begin today, it's important to remember how God's people got to the wilderness in the first place. In short, God brought them there. At the beginning of Exodus, God finds the people of God in slavery in Egypt, and God hears their cries, and God frees them, miraculously parting the waters of the Red Sea to allow God's people to escape the grasp of Pharaoh and his army. God brings our ancestors from death into life. The people dance and they sing and they play music on the far shore to celebrate this great deliverance into freedom. But then in the very next chapter, in Exodus 15, the people are surely not dancing anymore. They are struggling, struggling through the desert. It is their third day with no water. This will be the first of many signs throughout the book of Exodus that the wilderness is not a good place to be. The wilderness is a place of deprivation and danger and death. If the people do not stay together while they journey through the wilderness, if If we do not support one another in the wilderness, if we do not make a good and wise decisions here in the wilderness, we will die. But what is also true about the wilderness is that God is here. So listen to our first story from the wilderness. This is from the 16th chapter of Exodus. On the 15th day of the second month, after they had departed from the land of Egypt, the whole congregation of the Israelites complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. The Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the flesh pots and ate our fill of bread. For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. The Lord spoke to Moses and said, I have heard the complaining of the Israelites. 
So say to them, at twilight you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall have your fill of bread. And then you shall know that I am the Lord your God. In the evening, quails came up and covered the camp. And in the morning, there was a layer of dew around the camp. When the layer of dew lifted, there on the surface of the wilderness was a fine flaky substance as fine as frost on the ground. When the Israelites saw it, They said to one another, what is it? Moses said to them, it is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Gather as much of it as each of you needs, an omer to a person according to the number of persons in their own tents. The Israelites did so, some gathering more, some gathering less. But when they measured it with an omer, those who gathered much had nothing left over, and those who gathered little had no shortage. They gathered as much as each of them needed. And Moses said to them, let no one leave any of it over until morning. But they did not listen to Moses. Some of them left part of it until morning, and it bred worms and became foul. And Moses was angry. Moses was angry with them. Morning by morning, they gathered it, this manna, as much as they needed. But when the sun grew hot, it melted away. The house of Israel called it manna. It was like coriander seed, white. And the taste of it was like wafers made from honey. The Israelites ate this manna for 40 years until they came to a habitable land. They ate manna until they came to the border of the land of Canaan. This is the word of God for you, the people of God. Together we say, thanks be to God. So I am going to talk about the wilderness and the manna in just a moment. Before I do that, I want to talk a little bit about our own wilderness, right? Early on, there was part of this COVID-19 lockdown that I enjoyed. I'm not going to lie, I'm an introvert, right? And I don't mind a world that is a bit smaller. I quickly understood, though, that part of the reason that I could enjoy this experience was that because we had, as a family, most everything that we needed Beth and I had jobs that could be done imperfectly, but remotely. We had food on our table. We had a roof over our heads. Each of us in the family, all five of us, had a room to go to for privacy. We had Wi-Fi and board games for entertainment. And when being together in that one space got to be too much, the spring, this past spring in Georgia was so lovely. We could go outside and walk and enjoy the greening of the trees and watch the birds make their nests in the branches, God's recreation of the new day. At first, it wasn't so bad. I don't feel that way anymore. Most of us don't, even the introverts among us. We're tired. We're tired and we're cranky and we're restless and we are on edge most of the time. 
As this deadly sickness has crept across our land, we have been kept apart from one another and away from the habits that give each of us life. We know it's not wise to visit our aging parents or loved ones. It's not wise to sit down in a restaurant and eat a meal. It's not wise to sit in a crowded classroom with our friends and other kids. It's not wise to sing or dance together or exercise together. It's not wise to worship together. Because if we do any one of these things, there is a very good chance that this sickness will continue to spread and that we or someone we love might get very sick it is just as likely that we will spend even longer and longer in this isolation. This wilderness, our wilderness, is a hard going. It's hard in part because we do not like having so many limits placed upon us. Limits to what we can do. Boundaries defining where we can go. Confinement, like captivity that limits the people we can see and touch. Restrictions on how much we can earn, on what we can afford before we have nothing left. Limits have been forced upon us by sickness, by government, by our own good judgment. These limits are testing us, some of us like we have never been tested before. So we are impatient. We are angry. Some of us are crying out, just like our ancestors cried out in the wilderness when they were pressed up against their own limits by hunger and by thirst. They cried out. You heard them in the story, right? In the desert, it says the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. They grumbled against their leaders. If only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around the the flesh pots, the pots of meat, and we ate all the food that we wanted. But you have brought us out into this desert to starve this assembly to death, they said. Our ancestors are so agitated by the limits that they are forced to live under that some of them have lost their minds, right? At least in Egypt, we had full stomachs. That's an absurd thing to say, to wish for slavery for oneself and for one's children in exchange for a full stomach. But this is what limits do to our minds. They make us lose our minds. We want them taken away so badly. We're willing to make a deal with the devil to take our limits away. Give me food and I'll give you my children's freedom. We should sacrifice our elders so that we can keep the bars open and go to the football game. Limits can make us do and say some very unholy things. So into this situation, God enters. God hears our cries and God hears our complaints God hears our frustration, our deals with the devil. God steps in to make things right again. God does this 
God does this here. God makes things right for God's people in the wilderness, but just just not exactly in the way that they want. Now, God does not step into the crisis in the wilderness and give us everything that we want. God enters in instead and, and gives us what we need. At twilight you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall have your fill of bread, and then you shall know that I am the Lord your God. God gives us what we need. Meat each night. And in the morning we we can go out and gather up this strange but nourishing bread, right? You who have been listening carefully to the story have noticed that this miraculous gift, this gracious provision of God is a gift, but one that comes with conditions attached. God will not satisfy our every desire. God will not be the genie in a bottle. We cannot name it and claim it. God gives us what we need, and at the very same time, God is helping us to limit what we think we need. Take as much, take as much as you need for today. God ensures us that. God has removed the limit of the people's hunger. But at the very same time, God is inscribing upon our lives another limit. Take what you need, but don't take more. Don't save any for tomorrow. I want you to trust that I will be there for you again in the morning. Here's the power of the manna. God gives you, God gives us what we need. When we need food, God gives us food. But what we need just as much is to learn to take only what we need and no more. The bread will feed us for today, God knows. But what will feed us tomorrow is wisdom self-restraint, and trust in God. That is no easy meal for us to digest, not then and not now. God's people are initially perplexed by the flaky white stuff on the ground. It doesn't look like anything good they've ever had before in Egypt or since. It's not the chicken wings, it's, it's not anything that they know and love. So instead of, of crying out, thank you, God, they say, what is it? Manna, of course, means, what is it? Not only were they not wild about this new bread, God's people didn't respond well to the new limits that God placed on them. They secretly tried to stash the manna to store it away, not trusting that God would be faithful again tomorrow. These folks woke up and their secret stashes of manna were reeking and filled with maggots. It's hard when you're hungry and you're afraid that there will be no more food, not to grab as much as you can. 
it is hard to trust that there will be enough each day for us and for those that we love. I wonder how God is showing up in our own wilderness these days when we are feeling the limits pressed against us, when we are at the end of our resources, when we are at the limits of our patience, when when we are feeling like we are at the end of our rope, when we are negotiating our deals with the devil, when we are feeling so unsettled that we are awake in the middle of the night wondering if we will make it through tomorrow, will God provide for us in this wilderness? Maybe today, maybe now, you could simply name the limit that you are struggling with the most. Maybe you would just take time right now and bring that limit to your mind's eye and offer it to God. Say, God, I don't know if I can bear this anymore. Please help. I believe that just as there was manna that showed up after the morning dew, God will provide manna. Manna for your patience. Manna for your financial stress. Manna for your longing to connect with the people that you love. You've got to remember that the manna won't look like anything you have known before. The manna didn't look anything like bread. The first time they saw it and the first time you see God's provision, you may not recognize it. You may just say, what What is that? Of course, it was God's provision. It was God's gracious love. It was God's love poured out. It was God's abundant care for God's people. It was provision for today and provision for tomorrow, a right sizing of our hunger, an assurance that what God provides is never too little, never too much. It is always enough. We will not absorb that lesson in a day. I've got to believe that Moses and Aaron had to get up every, every single day in the wilderness and repeat to God's people the same thing. This, this, remember, this is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. Gather as much of it each day as you need for yourself and your family, only that and nothing more. Our story says that God's people ate it. They ate it every day, every day for 40 years. The story also says that by the end, by the end, they told their children that the taste of it was like wafers with honey. It was delicious. It was just what they needed. 
it was enough. Let the people together say, Amen.